Recording in progress. Hey everybody, happy to uh, be with you here in the Cosmic Navigator show. I think we're number 19. It's kind of interesting how we got uh, so far and we're still here. So thanks for uh, making it possible for us to meet every Sunday. And I'm thinking, what are we going to uh, talk today? So it's really hard to talk about anything, uh, especially with what's happening in Eastern Europe. At least for me, it really is uh, kind of preoccupying me all the time. Uh, I'm thinking about it a lot. I'm reading a lot about it. Uh, sending a lot of uh, angels, especially Raphael, uh, the Archangel of Healing, think that that's uh, the most needed right now. But... I know that a lot of you guys have the same thoughts. Some of you have relatives, neighbors, um, past lives in that area. So I'm sure that all of you guys are pretty much glued to what is happening over there and hoping that it will change as soon as possible and that peace will prevail and that we can uh, return to traveling there and enjoying everything that that part of the world has to offer instead of negating everything there. So hopefully things will change. Um, I don't know how fast, but uh, what we'll do today is look at a few things that kind of uh, preoccupied me. I'm sorry, I'm so so self-centered. It's very much an Aries quality, so I'm totally allowed to do it with my five planets in Aries, which is talk about what I want to talk about and do whatever I want to do. And I just have to drag you guys with me. And hopefully it's beneficial for you as well, because I'm going to share with you some thoughts, some ideas that I had that um, maybe can also stimulate some thoughts and ideas in you. You know, thoughts and words can be contagious. So first, a, an interesting thing that is happening to us, first of all, astrologically speaking, right today. Remember, I told you guys that the choice one day when I was running uh, to start this operation of every Sunday at 10 o'clock, at least in Los Angeles time, to meet with you guys. Uh, it turned out to be that a lot of the major events that we had, including eclipses and new moons and full moons, etc., happened on the Sundays that we actually talked. So that was... A pretty cool thing, and it's continuing. So that's, for me, a synchronistic um, confirmation that at least the timing was right. If not the content, at least the timing is right. And, of course, because things happen right on this Sunday, uh, it seems to be that the content is kind of working with us, synchronized. So today, something is interesting uh, happening, which is kind of good, actually, to be honest. Let me um, uh, share with you, or those of you that uh, uh, can see what I'm sharing. I thought I had it open. Yeah. Ah, wait. So I have to uh, copy-paste this before I forget. So let's see. So sharing with you some of the ideas that I have uh, for the next week. So first of all, yeah, the first thought I had, uh, I'll go back to what I wanted to say eventually. You know, it usually happens um, once I uh, get this out of the way. Yeah, so, you know, I had this thought. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine about the Chinese zodiac. And, of course, that we are now at the year of the white tiger. Uh, sorry, the black tiger, the one that is in the water. And then I thought about, I, I was telling that person the story of the Zodiac, the Chinese Zodiac. And you know the story, basically, there's a few versions of it. Some, it. some of it is that the Buddha was uh, doing this race between the animals to decide what, how the years will be arranged. Some people uh, tell the story with the Jade Emperor. I prefer to use the Jade Emperor because I don't think the Buddha would, A, get too much into competition. Because remember, one of the things that the Buddha said, that desire, even desire the win, the zodiac race is futile and the source of suffering so it doesn't make sense to me that the buddha will decide to start this race between the animals uh, to decide the order of the zodiac it's something that doesn't really resonate for me with the taurus taurus is very much not that competitive uh, it's much more an aries quality and 
uh, other versions of the story talk about the Jade Emperor. And as you know, the tarot card for Aries is the Emperor. So the Jade Emperor seems to be more like an Aries kind of a guy that can get bored in heaven and decide, you know what, I want to look down and see little animals running around uh, doing crazy things to win the race. That seems much more the logical way to look about it. But anyway, the Jade Emperor or an Aries or the Taurus, Buddha... One of them started this race between the animals to see who will be, what will be the order of the zodiac. Now, we have 12 uh, signs, 12 animals participated in the race, and they all went for it to see who's going to come first in front of the Jade Emperor and present themselves as, as, as worthy to be the first one. And what happened was that before the Jade Emperor, uh, arrival of the Jade Emperor, there was this kind of the river that need to be crossed. Remember, we talked about it. And the rat and the cat that at that time were really, really good friends. Not only they had similar words uh, to define them, but they also were really, really good friends. They were one letter apart in a sense, you know, from rat to cat, at least in English. And then there was the buffalo, the, the, the water buffalo, the big cow, the big, big buffalo. And he could obviously cross the river really fast. So the cat and the rat told the buffalo, why don't you just give us a ride? And the buffalo is very, very kind and very nice. Uh, and he said, of course, I'll do that. Uh, but it won't be fair if you guys going to take the prize. And they say, no, 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 we just want to cross over and then we can easily be number two and three after you. And you know the story as the buffalo, as the cow or the ox came close to the other bank, the um, plan between the rat and the cat was to jump over and beat him to the uh, to the mark. But what happened is that the rat somehow pushed the cat out of the ox, jumped over the ox, went in front of the uh, Jade Emperor, and it says, here I am, I'm to be the first. And indeed, the rat is the first animal in the Zodiac Circle. First of all, it's a little bit disturbing, this... Um, this myth, because I'm not saying, I'm not supposed to understand what is it supposed to teach kids who are reading this. Obviously, adults like Santa Claus, they don't believe in these kind of things. So it's more for kids. What is this to teach kids that they should push their friends, uh, go against uh, uh, contracts, um, lie in order to get to be number one and then be appreciated for it. For example, in China, they really want to have kids or if you were in China, you really want to have your kid a rat uh, to be born in the year of the rat. But, you know, that's a different story. But the interesting thing that I thought about is that what happened to the cat in the water, right? He became number uh, three, right? The year of the tiger. So we had the year of the rat. We had then the year of the ox. And now we're in the year of the tiger. So the tiger came number three, right? And he's supposed to be the most ferocious of the animals, maybe except the dragon, but still kind of um, intense. But think about it. In the story, this tiger found himself in the water because the cat betrayed him and got uh, ahead. So this is the quality of the year of the water tiger, you know, the tiger that has been defeated because he was cheated upon, in a sense. And you know what? I really think that that's what Putin is feeling. So if you think about who is the water tiger, it's definitely Putin who feels that he's been pushed aside, that he has not been uh, treated nicely, and that he is now trying to do, you know, what a lot of leaders are trying to do. I saw it in Turkey. I see it, of course, in America with uh, Make America Great Again. Uh, Russia is trying to get its empire back. The uh, Turks wants to get their Ottoman Empire back in Israel. They want to get all the West Bank territories and declare a big Israel as if all of this was given to Abraham. Even though Abraham only bought one cave to bury his wife, that's the extent of his legacy or the thing that he can actually bequeath to his uh, children. That's a different story. But I don't know what's happening with people. Maybe that's the reason why in the United States, for example, or around the world, the coming-of-age movies are so popular because it's as if you want to go back to the time where you were great again. Uh, great, back great, you know, and trying to bring that greatness again. And that's kind of what happens to people around the age of 38 to 40, 42, uh, when they have this, uh, um, let's call it Make America Great Again syndrome, where they go back to their puberty and want to make themselves young again. That's called the midlife crisis. So I guess a lot of uh, countries or a lot of leaders are going now through some kind of midlife crisis that they want to bring the glory of the past back. 
Well, the water tiger is kind of pissed. Uh, you know, it's not the best thing for tigers to be in water and definitely not to be pushed by a rat. And they say that from that day on, that's the reason why mouse and uh, cats don't get along very well. And if you look back, uh, meanwhile, in Ukraine, yeah, there was this uh, whole article which was really touching about how cats, stray cats, have become very, very uh, valuable for the Ukrainian um, uh, fighters because they come to the trenches and they actually spend time with the fighters and calm them down. Again, pets are ruled by Virgo in astrology and Virgo is healing. It's health. You know, the lady of the herbs that gives us uh, medicine is Virgo. So whenever there is a few things that are associated with the same archetype in astrology, they're linked. They're somehow coming from the same source. It's as if they drink from the same uh, water. And in this case, it's pets and healing. So definitely cats, dogs can really help us physically. And then I read another article about a cat cafe, uh, which is operational, by the way. If you're in Ukraine or visiting Ukraine, definitely go to uh, Lviv. Uh, and it's really interesting because that name of the city, Lviv, I thought about it, uh, Lvav, we call it in Hebrew. I thought it sounded very much like Lev. And Lev, in, in, um, uh, I know in, in Bulgarian and I know in uh, Russian, it means Leo, the sign Leo. And I thought, I wonder if it's somehow connected. So today I googled it and apparently in the 13th century uh, it was uh, created, the city, and it was actually called Leo's City. It was named after uh, somebody who was a Leo or was called Leo. So it's interesting that the only cafe, cat cafe I know in the planet, and maybe there are other places, sorry if I'm uh, not that uh, knowledgeable about other cafes, but at least I'm fascinated with cafes and, um, and coffee shops and definitely coffee, but I've never been to a cat cafe. Apparently, there's 20 cats that live in that coffee shop, and people specifically come not only for the coffee, but also for the cats, uh, because again, cats are healing. It's interesting. Virgo is nutrition. It's the lady of the herbs. Coffee is a tree kind of falls under Virgo's qualities and there you have it the cats uh, come and when you come there you have your cup of coffee and you sit with your favorite cats there's so many different cats from different types I mean this is such a brilliant concept I hope other people adopt it but anyway it is operational if you are visiting that area in the world definitely uh, go uh, meet the cats after all this is the year of the tiger and that's one of the reasons why I like what we're doing here in Sundays. I got actually an email from a, a person in Russia that, um, or Russian, sorry, he's not in uh, Russia anymore. He's in England, I think. I don't want to mention names because I don't want, you know, the cyber squad to come after him or something. But he sent me this email and this is the email he told me after we talked about the power of name and the names uh, with which we're going to mention today, Zelensky, but also Putin, right? Because he's the antagonist in this uh, terrible story. So uh, the email went something like, just watch your Sunday session. Thank you for doing that. And always curious to hear from you. Well, thank you for the thanks. Just thought to share some instant thought on Putin's name. Uh, the Put. It does mean does seem relevant. There are also another very close Russian word, putat, I hope I pronounce it right, which means to confuse, to mislead, and also putina, eh, putina, eh, which means the abyss and dark depth. And then he did this great job of putting it all together. He says to combine all three, might it mean someone who is confused and shows the way to abyss? Eh, that kind of feels like the theme eh, of last decade for Russia. That's really very beautiful. I um, have to admit, this looks really good. Of course, um, I asked a few of my friends that speak Russian and some Bulgarians, and they completely agreed with him. So there you have it, the power of the name. So Zelensky. Zelensky, we talked about it last week, and I actually uh, affirmed it with some other people who speak Slavic languages. And yes, in Proto-Slavic, in the old languages of Slav, Zelen means green or greenery and Zelensky because ski always means aff affiliation or from it's from green and that's why I said it's really remarkable that this guy when he took off his suits and started wearing green the military green that's when he conquered the hearts of people around the world uh, including Russia I think you heard that 10,000 people were arrested from uh, demonstrations in Russia 10,000 people and that's after 
um, Putin and his cronies came up with the law of anybody who mentions the word war, uh, soon it will be other words. You know, it's like uh, um, words that are forbidden to be told or spoken. So people that say that it's war instead of an invasion or whatever uh, can get up to 15 years. And even though people know that they will be arrested and can get 15 years in jail in Russia, which is probably going to Siberia and work hard there, uh, they went ahead and did it. 10,000 people. That's kind of remarkable and just tell you the spirit of the Russian people. Anyway, this is the chart of Zelensky, and, and the reason why I wanted to mention it is because it's kind of intense of how this Saturn is working in his chart, and it's not necessarily only to see what's going to happen to him, but also for you guys to learn how astrology works in real life, because it's one thing to do your own chart, and you know, you know yourself very well, and you're living with yourself all this time, but there's quite another to see it actually happening on the world stage. Because what, happen, what happens in the world stage, in a sense, or in the news, it's almost like in the past with mythology. It's getting much bigger energy. It's, it's much bigger than life in many ways. So uh, what is happening with Zelensky's chart, which is really remarkable, it's once in 30 years. There is a planet we mentioned here quite a lot. He's, he's a very famous place, uh, place in our heart, Saturn. And Saturn represents stability. It represents the energies of the hard lessons we have to learn in life. It's the grand teacher. It's the Lord Karma in the Tree of Life in, in Kabbalah. It's the Lady of Understanding. It's how we understand things, but through difficulties, through pressure. So Saturn is the one that takes the piece of coal and transforms it into diamond through pressure and through time. So the idea of space and time being pressured by Saturn is really is really dominant in chart interpretation. So if you want to understand what's going on with your life, you have to look at where Saturn is in your chart, what house it is, what area in your life you're now going through and understanding, uh, what part of your life is now being transformed from coal into diamond through a lot of pressure and a lot of patience and persistence and endurance. And in the case of... Um, Zelensky, it is really interesting because, first of all, I have to stop and, and, and think about it. You know, this is not kind of a one night uh, wonder, one, uh, how do you call it, one song wonder, you know, that some people come, oh, well, he was in the right place in the right time, we're in green, and now everybody loves him. No, think about it. A year and a half ago, he was the one that uh, pulled the Bruno on uh, Donald Trump, remember, when he said, no, 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 I'm not going to be extorted uh, for um, uh, 390 million, was it, uh, for, for you to, for, for, uh, you're asking me to find dirt on your politician, your political uh, rivals. No, 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 I'm not going to do it. You're going to send me the money. And he's the one that actually caused uh, the president of the United States to be impeached or at least to go through the process of it. So this is a guy that stood up to the two most, uh, um, I don't know, autocratic people in the, in the history, at least of the United States and in the history of Russia. And he managed to stand up to those two people, those two powerful people, uh, within a year and a half. This is not a coincidence. This is either there's something about his soul that this is the lesson that he has to teach American and also has to teach the West and also has to teach um, the... Russia and, of course, China is paying very, very close attention to make sure that they understand what's going to happen if they're going to, going to, if they're going to do the same thing, pull the Putin on um, uh, Taiwan. So it's, it's interesting to examine the chart of this guy. I mean, who is this guy that is able to say no, no, no to Putin and no, no, no to Trump? Uh, that's kind of a big deal. So what I've noticed is that the most dominant feature in his chart is the fact that he has Saturn on top of his rising sign when all of this is happening and on his own sign. So like we know, Saturn moved into Aquarius in 2020 and he is in Aquarius, as Ilansky is in Aquarius. And that could also examine, I mean, that could be the reason why he managed to conquer the hearts of so many people around the world, because Aquarius is the sign of communities, people, or how he managed to galvanize the support around companies, people, groups, organizations, social media, all of those things, if you think about it, are ruled by Aquarius. And he is an Aquarius, and he has that sun and Venus in Aquarius in the house of mass media, mass communication. But it's interesting that in March, July, 
And in uh, December of 2020 is when Saturn moved in, out, in, out of Aquarius, kind of pushing the energy of Aquarius. And of course, the incident with Trump was in the summer of 2020. And uh, now what we're seeing is his whole drama with Putin is taking place right when Saturn is sitting on top of his house of career, which is father figures. It talks about uh, the pressure that we experience in order to manifest our potential or what is our role in um, our lives. So again, when you have something happening in your career, any planet in your career is really enhanced because your career in the chart, you can see here, it's where the arrow is, is located just above you. It's called the zenith. The zenith is basically a, I, the idea of the sun shining in at noon at you, putting all of that light at you. You're under the jurisdiction of the sun. That's why the noon zenith is very, very important. So Saturn was on top of his house of career, right when this whole thing is happening. And this happens every 30 years. Last time it happened, of course, it's when Ukraine left the USSR. So it's interesting that the first time Saturn was on top of his point of career, that's what it happened. Ukraine became free, became a country in a sense. 30 years later, he's the president of uh, Ukraine, probably going to be the most celebrated president of Ukraine, especially in the last uh, 30 years. And again, he has this pressure and this heaviness coming from a figure of authority, in this case it's Putin, that is pushing down his career. So you might say that this is a terrible time. Some people are terrified of the fact that Saturn is going to move into their house of career or on top of the rising sign. Any kind of uh, situation where Saturn causes any kind of conjunction or any appearance in the chart, people usually are terrified and afraid. But now you can see what happens. Yes, I mean, I'm sure that Zelensky goes to sleep terrified and wakes up terrified and he has a lot of uh, anxieties. That's definitely Saturn in your house of career. But at the same time, he's mobilizing the whole world in a way that not one single person has made in, I don't know, decades, you can say. And this is kind of remarkable. That's what we always have to remember about Saturn. Yes, he is the Lord Karma. Yes, he's the great advertiser. Uh, uh, Adver no, advertisement is something else. Uh, um, not advocate. Uh, the word is completely slipped through the cracks. But he's not against us in a sense as much as he's causing us to really discover our core, you know, who we are and how we can manifest that in our, what the Greek called kleos, your glory. So any place you have Saturn pushing on your chart, it's not necessarily designed to destroy you. It's designed to pressure you to become a diamond, to really start shining in a sense. Adversary, that was the word I was looking for. Now it came a little bit too late. That's what happened with words, maybe with me only, is that sometimes there's traffic of thoughts and then the words can't really get through and then they get through too late and then it doesn't really matter already. You know. Anyway, so Saturn in your house of career, anywhere in your chart actually, pressure in order to manifest power, in order to manifest your full potential. Of course, the pressure can crack you. And if it cracks you, it creates problems. So that's why the way to work with Saturn is through discipline, persistence, endurance, strategy. All those things can really facilitate uh, Saturn. The worst thing for Saturn during this time is impulsiveness, impetuous energy, jumping and then figuring out what to do, which very much is the qualities of Aries, if you think about it. And that's one of the reasons why Saturn is considered to be fallen in Aries, meaning that the worst place for Saturn to be is in Aries. So the idea is that the best thing for Saturn is to have that anti-impulsive, anti, -impulsive, anti um, I'm just going to wiggle through it or, or try or, 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 or shoot from my hips. You know? So again, whenever you have a, a phenomena that deals with Saturn in your life, persistence, endurance, disciplines, plan, and just to experience that pressure and to know that that pressure is trying to make you very much, a, you can say, a diamond. Now, it's interesting because the time where Saturn is going to be hitting his uh, house of career precisely is right now. Like I said, March 14. March 14 is the mathematical peak of it. But at least a month before is when it's relevant. And think about it. The invasion happened, what, on the 25th of February? It's still going to happen September 4, 
and it's still going to happen in December 7. Uh, that's why my re my feeling is that he will survive this. I I don't know. Maybe I'm clouded with hope, but uh, I think the aspect is happening again. So at least until December, I think he will make it. Now then, something interesting happened. I was talking to my friend, a, a very good friend who is a painter, and his mother is actually from uh, Russia. His father is actually Ukrainian. Very typical story for somebody. And he uh, is from a Jewish family that later on left to Israel. That's where we met when we were kids. But anyway, um, very typical story. You know, father from Ukraine, mother from um, Russia. We talked about it last week when I told you my favorite uh, uh, author, Bulgakov, had the same kind of story. He was a Russian family born in Ukraine. But anyway, then I looked at, I was talking to him and we we're talking about he wants to make some kind of a design to a t-shirt that, that, uh, for Ukraine. And then I told him, yeah, the word peace will be a really nice thing. How do you say peace in um, uh, Ukraine? Well, I checked out and peace means, I mean, he knew it, but I just wanted to check to make sure. Is mil and mil basically means calm, peace. Um, it means um uh, peacefulness, you know, it's it's a it's a very interesting, uh, simple word that basically means peace in Ukrainian. And then I thought, wait, um, let me check what it actually means in Russian. Um, and then in Russian, it it means something. Don't forget, they're very similar languages, obviously, but there is some differences uh, because there is differences, I think, in the way of thinking, because that's what language does. It expresses the way we think. And for Russian, mir, the same word, spelled the same way, actually means peace as well. But it also means the world. It means universe. It means kingdom. And that is that for me was fascinating. Not that I'm nice stereotyping everybody according to or grouping them according to the language. But for Ukraine, peace means peace. I just want peace. For the Russian, it means, no, 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 we want the kingdom. We want the world then there could be peace. So maybe this idea is influencing Putin's uh, thoughts. That maybe for him, peace would mean uh, universal Russia, like the Soviet Union wanted to do. Or a kingdom, or bringing back the uh, old times where uh, Russia had an empire. So maybe that's the difference between what Ukrainian want in peace and what Russia needs in peace. And then because he's a painter, actually, he said something really interesting. You know, you talked about Zelensky being green. But, you know, if you put the, the, the if you look at the uh, Ukrainian flag, it's blue and yellow. You put blue and yellow together, you create green. Yeah, that's only something that a painter would think about. But yeah, it's kind of true. The green is coming up right now, not only because of the name of the president and his shirt, but also because the flag, if you unite the uh, blue and the yellow, you get green, which is kind of an interesting thought. Um, yeah, we talked about that. Now, in Russia chart, there is something really interesting that is happening. First of all, remember we talked about it, both Russia... Um, and Ukraine, no, actually, in you, in yeah, both Russia and Ukraine have their moon in Aquarius, which is kind of interesting because the United States also has the moon in Aquarius. So you have this kind of trinity right now of countries that are very linked because the people, which is the moon, the moon in the t in the chart of countries is always the people. It's all in Aquarius. So there's something interesting and something similar, strangely enough, between the people in the United States, the people in Russia, and the people in Ukraine. And that means that Saturn, the planet of karma, is moving over the moon of the people in all of these countries. And again, we just mentioned Saturn is pressure. So the people in the United States are being pressured. The people in Ukraine are being pressured. The people in America, in um, uh, Russia are being pressured. The people in Russia are going to be pressured much more leading up to February 2023. The people in Ukraine are happening now because the moon of Ukraine is coming earlier in Aquarius than the moon in Aquarius of the Russian people. So the Russian people are going to feel that stronger and stronger in 2023. It could be also a major change that's happening in 2023. But the other thing that's interesting is that in Russia's chart, right on March 25, which is happening right now, Saturn is squaring Pluto. And Saturn squaring Pluto, I gave you a little bit of a definition there. It's talking about how during that time you're required to, during this transit, you're required to move out of your comfort zone and incorporate change. As a result, you may be 
uh, forced to take a deep look into yourself and those around you, and you'll feel as if you're stepping into unknown territory. It might be frightening. However, take comfort in the thought that by the end of this period, you will have stripped away a lot of the access baggage. So think about the sanctions and everything that's happening now. So that's happening March, August, and December. So we're seeing it this whole year. The other biggest thing, bigger even than that, is the fact that Uranus, the planet of unpredictable crazy energy, is moving on top of the rising sign of Ukraine. And this is kind of important because the rising sign of Ukraine is Taurus. And when I looked at significant things that happened in Russia, at least in the last 30 years, they happened when Jupiter, the planet of positivity, was in Taurus. For example, um, 1999. Uh, that's when Yeltsin actually placed Putin, because he thought he's a yes man, uh, as a, pre a prime minister of Russia. Uh, think about I think it was the summer of 1999 that he placed him as the prime minister because he was looking for a long time, Yeltsin, for somebody who to be to to be his successor that would secure the welfare or, or at least the well-being of him and his extended family. He was really worried because there was a lot of... Uh, um, dirt that was uh, accumulated on top on him and he was tired he was drinking a lot and i think he had this pressure from his family to retire which he did in 2000 uh, and then he placed putin this nobody in uh, the position of prime minister because he thought he could control him and he could ensure his family's uh, well-being which he did in a sense so that was at that time also in 1999 was the second Chechnyan war, if you remember, when 20,000 Russian soldiers died. And even though uh, Putin placed there somebody who is a puppet, who is still there a puppet for him, that's why he sent some Chechnyan soldiers to Ukraine, uh, it never really settled. And there was a lot of, uh, uh, later on, if you remember, there was a lot of terrorism uh, in Moscow and in St. Petersburg because of the second Chechnyan war. Then in 2011, when Jupiter again, December 2011, when Jupiter again moved into um, a Taurus, similar thing happened. There was this mass demonstrations that almost toppled uh, Putin, you can say. There were huge demonstrations in Moscow, if you remember, in St. Petersburg, uh, against uh, the election that just happened. That was 2011, and they extended throughout this year throughout the year it started end of 2010 2011 so it's interesting that you see the repetition of every 12 years or so when Jupiter is in Taurus something happens that creates a big shock in the system the next time it's happening is May of 2023 so it's going to be very interesting to pay attention to that time but before that, Uranus is sitting on top of the rising sign of Russia. And this happens every 84 years, so it's kind of rare. It's happening in July this year, in September, and in May. And many times in countries, it does talk about a change of direction or a change of leadership. And the Saturn uh, sitting on top of uh, the moon, at least this is happening for... That's happening, actually, these, uh, these dates are happening for uh, Ukraine is in April, which is kind of now August and January of 2023. And right after that, in February 2023, it moves into uh, the chart of Ukraine, uh, of Russia. Here you see the Taurus rising and why I told you Jupiter in Taurus is so significant in the path of uh, Russia. In Ukraine's chart, there is some help coming March 11th, uh, March 17th. So it's going to be interesting to watch next week, the week after. Some break is coming in because Jupiter trining Pluto is considered to be very positive in charts, especially in countries' charts. So that's something to look forward to. You see the dates of Saturn on top of the moon. It's going to be very important to pay attention to those dates, April 8th, August 4th, January 3rd. Hopefully it's not some devastation or some kind of uh, real suffering of the people. It could also be markers that basically talk about the times where the people are suffering. In general, it doesn't have to be that specific date, but sometimes things happen right on that date. And the other thing is that um, uh, that's happening also in the chart is if we look at... Yeah, the chart of um, Ukraine is, like I told you, Jupiter is actually moving into the house of money. And that, I think, could also explain why there's going to be, or there already are, even though there's so much devastation, there's also so much help and money flowing into Ukraine. Think about how a year and a half ago he had to beg uh, for the 300 million 
from Trump that tried to extort him. And now he's getting much more uh, flowing from everywhere in the world. So that could be also Jupiter in the house of money, which will be in the chart of Ukraine all the way up until 2023. But it is in 2024 when it is really being rebuilt, because that's when Jupiter moves into the house of home and family and things are getting much easier for Ukraine. Um, let's see. Another thing that's happening today that is very, very nice and very good. And that's something that um, I wanted to talk about because it's literally happening today. So I promised you that I would return to it eventually. Um, zero, zero Aquarius. Yeah. Today, Venus and Mars, the ultimate masculine and feminine energies are coming together for the first time in many, many, many years to hold hands in hand and romantically go into the sunset of Aquarius. So zero, zero Aquarius is a very, very important um, uh, degree because it is the first entrance to the age of Aquarius. It's basically the dawning of the age of Aquarius. It is the uh, um, zero, zero of any sign. You can call it you know how you sometimes drive a long hours and so many hours or you fly so to get to a city or to get to a country and then you see the border and when you move in through the border you usually stop and take pictures you know i came to this country or i'm in this country now and the first few moments that you are in this new country it's a kind of a new feeling sometimes you can even feel the energy shifting that's precisely what happened when every zero zero degree of every zodiac sign whenever a planet moves into a sign it crosses uh, through that zero zero and even though the zodiac is a circle remember like the color wheel and there's no like real definition of where green begins and let's say where blue uh, where green ends and where blue begins because it kind of morphs into each other through turquoise and other col colors same thing with the signs i told you that 29 degrees, let's say Capricorn, is very, very close to zero, zero degrees Aquarius, maybe even more close to it, energetically speaking, than one degree uh, Capricorn. So that cuspy time, uh, place in the zodiac always is a little bit confusing for people. But the zero, zero of any sign is like you see the flag of the country, you see the big name of the country, you see some kind of a mascot or something that represents the country. You feel like as if even though I just crossed a little line and maybe that line was just one millimeter long, uh, wide, and then I crossed the border or the fence and suddenly I'm bombarded with Aquariusness. And that's why the first 10 days of every sign, we talked about it here, the first decanate is considered to be the pure force of that um, sign, that archetype. So when Venus and Mars are together in conjunction, that's already rare, we talked about it, uh, it doesn't happen all the time. There was a year, 2020, when they didn't even talk to each other. So when there is a conjunction, it's already auspicious. But when they move together, both of them, into a new sign, which is Aquarius, which is our future age, and they are in zero, zero degrees, the conjunction, that's a big deal. And that's happening today. And that's why today, tomorrow is a really good day for peace negotiations. So hopefully uh, whatever they're trying to do there, if it's uh, uh, from the prime minister of Israel or if it's from Macron or if it's from um, Erdogan, whoever it is that can put these people, to these, these countries together back again, you know, like Humpty Dumpty, that would be great. But the zero, zero degrees Aquarius in your own personal life means that something really profound, especially around friendships, is happening uh, this week. Maybe it's already started, but it's becoming even more dominant uh, today. So today, literally, Venus and Mars are coming together into Aquarius. Now, why is zero, zero so important? Because zero, zero Aquarius, if you remember, on December 21, 2020, we had Jupiter and Saturn conjunct each other, called the Grand Conjunction, that happens every 20 years, and it happens to be on zero, zero degrees Aquarius. So that zero, zero Aquarius has already in the zodiac body been touched. It's like an acupressure point, you know. So imagine um, you're going and doing some kind of treatment and they really press a lot here. So they already made this place more open to medicine and now another medicine is coming there. So it's almost as if you're getting another injection of celestial flow on that degree. So pay attention where you have that degree in your chart, where you have zero, zero Aquarius. And it's not that difficult to find. 
Zero zero Aquarius is the place where you already had that Jupiter Saturn conjunction kind of heralding the age of Aquarius in your chart. And now Venus and Mars, the masculine and feminine action reception, art and energy and vitality, money and ideas and impulsiveness. That's a different planet. That's Mars, the ruler of Aries is different than Saturn. And that's happening today on the zero zero degrees. And the Sabian symbol for this zero zero degrees Aquarius is an old Adobe mission. So I, I you know, that made me think about Camino Real, uh, which I live on, which is this road, this King's Road that went down from Mexico all the way up to uh, California, Baja California, California, Alta California, and went all the way up to San Francisco. That's why we have San Francisco and San Luis de Obispo and Santa Barbara and um, Pueblo de Los Angeles and San Pedro and San Gabriel and San Miguel. And then uh, where else do we have? San Diego is all the sun and santas, you know, the gang of the saints. It's a pure Scientology. Scientology, pure Santeria. Um, so that road of the saints very much reminds me of that Sabian symbol. Uh, what is that road, Camino Real? You know, yeah, it was used by Franciscan monks to build like a stop road, stop like places where people can uh, stop on their way in the Camino Real to go from all the way from Mexico uh, up to um, uh, California and even further up. But for me, it's almost like. Um, an excuse to to create something in the pioneer or to pioneer or to boldly go where no one has gone before. And yes, the priests came there, but really there were a lot of merchants that came, cowboys came later on, and there was a lot of activities around those places. Obviously, that's why Santa Barbara uh, is a city now and San Francisco is a thriving city and Los Angeles is no longer a missionary. Um, a mission, it's basically kind of a city, right? So there is something about uh, this conjunction of Mars and Venus, especially because it's in Aquarius, which is the sign of people and community, that today, tomorrow, maybe you're creating a new community around you. And even in the world, maybe uh, this whole thing with Ukraine is creating some kind of a community. You can see it happening in social media very, very strongly. Uh, I just saw this story, this really remarkable story about this woman in Moscow that decided, I think it was Moscow, not sure, uh, that she decided to protest and in favor of, uh, against the war, obviously, and in favor of Ukraine. So she found the book that had the same blue and uh, yellow coloring of the flag of Ukraine, which happened to be the Harry Potter, one of the Harry Potters. And she sat there reading it in a square, not saying anything, just reading it. And then the police people, actually, the policeman came and told her she can't do it. And she says, what do you want? This is, this is, uh, you know, this is a book. It was published. I'm reading Harry Potter in the, in the center. You can't do it now. And she was arrested. And then she came out of the arrest. She said, I will do it again. And she said, I did it again. That's the spirit of, um, I would say, Mars and Venus. Venus is art, design. Mars is the fight, the warrior. Aquarius is the people, communities, groups, organizations. So, again, that kind of stuff is happening now everywhere. So now, uh, absolutely to be, um, to be honest, which is always something good, um, I was planning to do something about your sign and what makes your sign so special according to the exaltation and the detriment. I had this really, um, okay, it's not interesting thought. For me, it was an interesting thought that I wanted to share with you guys about astrology, about how you can understand your sign better by what kind of planets are exalted, fallen, or detriment. And we will, I promise, we will do it uh, next week. It's just that this week I had to go through the, uh, the charts to give you some dates, to start paying attention to it, because that's how we learn astrology. You know, I sometimes talk about so many dates to so many people that I don't stop and write them down. Hopefully, somebody among you guys can do it. And again, if you send me emails, and I will, I promise to share um, uh, that email if you if you give me the okay uh, for your if your name needs to be there, or if you don't uh, want your name also, but. Keep the dates, pay attention. Maybe we can learn astrology together by paying attention to what is happening in the news according to the dates. Because obviously, it's not only about the news and about politics and about current events. It's really trying to understand how astrology unfolds. Um, so what I wanted to do now is go over uh, the 
dates that are important, I mean, the things that are happening to us right now, since we already uh, mentioned Venus and um, Mars. So if you look, Venus, zero degrees, zero degrees, Mars, zero, zero degrees. I know, zero, zero in some places is bathroom. I don't remember why. I think I read it one time, why zero, zeros is a symbol of bathrooms. Why zero, zero? Bathroom. Maybe it's the R-O-O in there. No, it's stupid. I mean... I don't know if anybody knows. Anybody knows why um, why we call zero zero um, uh, bathrooms? You know what? It doesn't really matter. Anyway, it's not to mention that Venus and Mars are going to the bathroom. Maybe they are. Um, maybe it's even a message that it doesn't really uh, uh, matter. But what the important thing is that, like we said, let's check the Sabian symbol again to make sure. Yeah, an old Adobe mission is zero zero Aquarius. And we also have Saturn in Aquarius, Mercury in Aquarius. So there's definitely a big push away from Capricorn into Aquarius. Now, it's interesting. You remember we talked about the shadow that was happening 25, 26, 27, 24, 25, 26 of February. That we had a lot of planets, including Vesta, who is still in Capricorn, um, in Capricorn. And we talked about it being the shadow. And that was also when the invasion uh, or the war, sorry, I'm not in Russia, I can say war, the, the war uh, that Russia started in Ukraine. And also that was its time, again, like attracts like, that I understand that Trump declared his uh, uh, pres presidency um, attempt. So it's kind of interesting what was going on in the shadows, uh, 24, 25, 26, even 27 of uh, February. So now we're moving our energy. Literally today, we're moving it much more to Aquarius. Less about Capricorn, which is more uh, heavy and earth, and more into Aquarius, which is air and lighter. So together with the fact that we have, look at how many conjunctions we have today. We have Jupiter conjuncting the sun. It was happening yesterday. It's happening today. Really strong energy of being able to shine forward. I mean, the philosopher and Apollo are coming together. The king of the god and his son, Apollo, are in conjunct, complete conjunction. So look at it. Pluto, 27 degrees Capricorn. Vesta, 27 degrees Capricorn. And Vesta is the hearth, is the center of the home. But she was, uh, I told you, a pretty intense, uh, a, a little bit too traditional. She's almost like a Saturn in a sense. So you can say Pluto-Saturn conjunction is happening today. 27 degrees uh, Capricorn. And 27 degrees Capricorn is, uh, the symbol is a large ivory, uh, aviary, uh, a large birdhouse i guess um the zero and then we have mars and venus the zero zero aquarius and then we have jupiter and the sun 15 degrees uh, pisces which is um the sabian sibyl in a quiet moment the flow of inspiration that's kind of cool so we're having a flow of into, uh, inspiration right now in Pisces, which is very much mystical intuition, uh, psychic energy. All of those, all of these archetypes are very, very strong. So conjunction of Pluto and uh, Vesta today, conjunction of Venus and Mars today, conjunction of Jupiter and Sun today. A lot of conjunctions, and tomorrow and the day after, we're going to also have the conjunction of the Moon and Uranus. What is conjunction? Like the word, like conjunction. You know. It, puts things together, it connects. Uh, the new moon, for example, is a conjunction. It's the mixing of different kind of archetypes, different kind of energy. It's the mixing of the blue and the yellow uh, forming green. Same thing with the frequencies of planets. You take Jupiter and the sun, you mix it together, there is a new planet created, Jupiter. And that uh, talks about the mixing of the archetype of Jupiter expansion with the sun, the heart. Uh, Venus and um, uh, Mars, when they come together, they create something new. In the Greek mythology, it, they created Harmonia. That was the daughter of their uh, love. So again, when two planets come together, they stop being who they are and they become something new. And that's some, it's a beautiful definition for a true relationship. When you come together with your partner and your true partners, together you create something bigger. You create something bigger than you and him together or you and her, uh, each one on your own, or even if you're walking together. But when you have a relationship, unlike just being together or, or being a couple, when you really have a relationship that kind of you have the exchange of gifts, we talked here so many times, you become a third 
factor. You become something different. You become a new entity in a sense. Your guide and your partner's guide step away and there is the guide, the guide of the relationship that comes up. And that's what's happening to us today and this week is that we have these energies that are maybe contradicting like Venus and Mars that are coming together to create something bigger than the two of them each one on, their, on his own or even each together. It's kind of a gestalt of planets in a sense. And that's what's happening now. And especially strong is this Venus-Mars-Jupiter-Sun conjunction because these are more rare and also they're way more powerful because of their position. But overall, we're still continuing with no opposition. Uh, there is no planets that are opposing each other. So a lot of your problems, if you look at it in the next few days, are in your head. I'm not talking about places like Ukraine or people who are starving or people who are uh, dealing with uh, autocrats or terrible situations you know, in China and other places. I'm talking about in your personal life, if you're able to identify, even in the context of terrible things that are happening around it is now your attitude and your and your way of looking at things that really can determine how things will unfold because there are no opposition right now. We start the week tomorrow on the day of the moon with the moon conjuncting um, Uranus. We still have, uh, not as tight, but still a strong conjunction of the Sun and Venus, Jupiter and the Sun and Mars and Venus. So it's still there. The moon in Taurus, like today, tomorrow and Tuesday, is the moon of success. So it's a good moon to succeed in things because Uranus is kind of shaking the boat a little bit. It just means that the tree is still bearing a lot of fruits. It's a good tree, the moon in Taurus, but now there's a lot of wind, so it's hard to pick the, the, the fruits, or the fruits are knocked down, or um, uh, the, the, there's kind of unpredictability around, or there's a crazy person standing next to the tree, so you're kind of intimidated by going and picking the fruit. So it's there. It's, there is success, but Uranus causes a little bit of disruptive energy. And, of course, it is very much related to technology and innovation on top of the moon, which again is the people. And that's something also interesting. I forgot to mention, I read a lot of articles about uh, the cyber warfare that is happening right now uh, in Ukraine, uh, uh, you know, and Russia. And it's interesting because what they're saying is that unlike regular uh, cyber attacks that were in the future, in the past, right now what's happening is that individuals that we don't even know where they're from, who they're aligned with, that are starting to attack big uh, companies in Russia. And when the IT minister in uh, Ukraine, when he created this army of IT, uh, posted on Telegram that he's looking for people to hack and gave them specific uh, targets, 285,000 people responded. I mean, that's the power of Aquarius, again, the age of Aquarius. But much more than anything is Uranus being in Taurus. And Uranus in Taurus is very much, I wrote about it in the last two, year, the last two years in the book, it does talk about cyber warfare, especially around infrastructure and especially around things that have to do with financial infrastructure. So you can also expect in the West that there's going to be more of that uh, happening, these attacks. But the moon in Taurus on top of Uranus is very good for innovation, thinking outside of the box. If you're kind of like constantly thinking about something, you can't get a resolution. This could really be a good time for you, especially through intuition, because not only we have Uranus in uh, Taurus, we have Venus in Aquarius. What does that mean? There is a mutual reception. Venus, the ruler of Taurus, is in Aquarius. Uranus, the ruler of Aquarius, is in Taurus. They kind of mix uh, their energies. So uh, that means that there is a very strong connection now between Aquarius and Taurus. And remember, we talked about how it was difficult when Saturn and Uranus were squaring because that's part of the square that's going to be still pretty strong in September, October this year. But overall, that there is a there is a connection, there is a flow of energy between Taurus, which is Earth, and Aquarius, which is air, Taurus, which is art, and Aquarius, which is technology and innovation, Taurus, which is money, and Aquarius, which is cyber and everything that has to do with uh, computers and AI. So again, in your own world, this could be a lot of innovative way of thinking or getting a lot of breakthroughs and thinking outside of the box. Then on Tuesday, March 8th, we still have the moon in Aquarius and Taurus and the moon is on top of the dragon. The moon always loves to be on top of the dragon, especially when it's getting a beautiful line from Pluto, the Lord of Transformation and Vesta. So Tuesday is a great day to get things done in a very practical way. It's one of the best days for businesses. It's one of the best days for long-term goals. It's a great day 
um, to go back to tradition and see what you can pick up from that. Tradition could be also what you used to do 10 years ago or five years ago or what people in your profession used to do 50 years ago and then bring it into the open. Also, it's very transformative financially, so there could be some good uh, elements with that as well. If we look at um, uh, Wednesday, Wednesday we have a shift because the moon is moving into Gemini. And when the moon is in Gemini during the time of Pisces, which is now, it's not as comfortable because the moon in Gemini means my instinct is yes, no, good, bad, very, very objective, very much wanting to be putting the coat of science on and decide things through my mind. The Pisces energy is completely different. It's intuition, it's psychic energy, it's subjective, it's much more imaginative, it's more Im uh, creative. So we have reason versus uh, imagination, and they can be a little bit clashing in us. So Wednesday could be a little bit more difficult with making decisions and also a little bit more day, a day that you're more prone to deception, whether the deception comes from inside of you or from outside of you. <clears throat> But if you noticed, Venus and Mars are back in conjunction. Because what happened is that there, it's like a race. She goes a little bit forward, he goes a little bit forward. She goes a little bit forward, he goes a little bit forward. So here we have again on Wednesday, great day for date, even though you might argue about emotional stuff or intellectual stuff, is Venus and Mars in two degrees Aquarius. And that conjunction of two degrees Aquarius, if you look at the Sabian symbol, um, a dessert, what? Ah, I had to look closer. A deserter from the Navy. That would be interesting to see what's happening Wednesday at the war, especially with Odessa, because I know that uh, Russia is threatening to bomb Odessa right now. Odessa is by the Black Sea. Uh, let's see. Maybe uh, there will be some deserters uh, from Russia. Maybe there will be some interesting uh, development happening there. But anyway, the Sambian symbol of the conjunction of Venus and Mars has to do with Navy is kind of, a, for me, Navy is a combination of action in the sea, right? Action, movement, seas, emotions, feelings. We have three planets in uh, uh, Pisces at that time also. <clears throat> so that's going to be pretty significant. And also the day after on Thursday, Mercury is moving into Pisces. Uh, Mercury has been in Aquarius for a while, especially because he was retrograding. And that Mercury in Aquarius is actually not too bad. Mercury loves to be in Aquarius. The minute it's going to move into P Pisces, there's going to be more illusions, more deceptions. So um, Jupiter moving, uh, sorry, Mercury is moving into Pisces right on uh, March 10. So Remember, we talked about it, moving into a new sign, zero, 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 Mercury, zero, zero, Pisces. And Mercury doesn't like to be in Pisces. He's going to have to be in Pisces there for a while, for three weeks. Not the easiest time for him. There's going to be a lot of illusion, misunderstanding, almost like a mini Mercury retrograde. It's not retrograde, but I'm just saying a mini Mercury retrograde because Mercury's fallen in Pisces. We'll talk about it next week as well. But... Pisces is very strong right now because Neptune, its ruler, is in Pisces. The sun is in Pisces and Jupiter, its traditional ruler, is in Pisces. So Pisces is pretty strong. So that's a good thing for anything to do with imagination, poetry, mysticism, and, and again, connecting very strongly to your intuition. The day after is uh, March 11. It's a Friday. We see that Mars and Venus are not conjunct, but Vesta moved into Aquarius. That's going to be easier for us in many ways. And it's a very watery uh, day because the moon shifted into Cancer for the weekend. And Cancer is all about home, family, nurturing, and it's going to send a beautiful line to Mercury. So if um, uh, Thursday was problematic with uh, Wednesday and Thursday was a little bit problematic with logic and emotion, suddenly emotions are e emerging as the winner when the moon is moving into Cancer, sending a beautiful line to Mercury that is also in Pisces, uh, sorry, in a water sign in Pisces. So a lot of intuition, a lot of uh, um, imagination, a lot of ability to imagine things about your business even. So even if there is a problem, suddenly your power of imagination can be bringing you the thought or the idea or the synchronicity to get out of any kind of uh, problem or difficulty. And Saturday, we still have the moon in, in, Pisces, in uh, Cancer sending beautiful energy to the sun, Jupiter, Mercury, um, and uh, Neptune. So again, very good for dreams, uh, satisfaction. It's going to be a nice day, uh, Saturday, to go out, especially be by the water. Let's see if there are any uh, questions that I could um, answer. Um, Cat Cafe, 
Ah, there are Katz Cafe everywhere. Apparently, there's one in LA. I should definitely visit. Uh, there's one in New York City, I was told. Uh, Christina is telling us also there's one in Japan and maybe in more places. There's a Katz Cafe in LA. I think it's around Melrose. Oh, wow. That's uh, great to know. I'm going to definitely visit and maybe ask them to do something in support of the cat uh, of Ukraine. Uh, there is a place called Kitty in San Francisco. LA often has pop-up a month-long cat cafe. I wonder if um, they don't have dog cafes also, or dog cafes could be problematic if somebody <laughs> bites uh, someone. But cats, I guess, are a little bit more uh, manageable. Uh, and they live together much easier, funny enough. There's Cat Cafe in San, San Diego, Washington, D.C., and Chicago. Cat Cafe in Maryborne, uh, Maryborne, London. First Cat Cafe was in Taipei in 1998. Okay, um, let's see. Everybody could guess it right. Adversary, adversary, adversary. Jeez, I should have a spell checker for myself. How many retrogrades does Zelensky have in his chart? How many retrogrades does he have? Um, let me check. How many retrogrades? Um, so he does have, he has Mars retrograde, he has Jupiter retrograde, he has Saturn retrograde, he has Pluto retrograde. It's interesting that he has Mars retrograde in his chart. I think it's because, and that probably, and it's in Leo. It's probably the reason why people underestimated him, why Putin mainly underestimated him, and also Trump underestimated him. Because when you have your Mars in, um, when you have your Mars retrograde, people don't get your action. And when your Mars is in Leo, it's it's in the tarot card. It's the seven of wands. It calls courage. Um, it's interesting because he has Mars in Leo, which is in the tarot card, literally called courage or bravery. And it's retrograde, which means that people don't see it at first. Ah, that's the comedian. So, you know, I'll invade uh, in the morning Ukraine, Kiev I'll take in the middle of the day. And at night I'm going to come back and have my caviar and vodka and everything's going to be fine. I'll put my puppet there like I put in Chechnya and in Georgia, wherever I need to. And who's next? But Mars retrograde, misunderstanding. Um, Mir, yes, Mir. What happened when Saturn, Mercury, Mars, and Venus are in the rising uh, sign of Aquarius? It just makes it... Um, um, I don't know what you mean by all of them are in the uh, rising sign of Aquarius, but if they're only in the first house, it just means that it, all of these planets are defining who you are. Uh, I don't feel optimistic as far as I'm concerned with shells falling in nuclear power station. This war has gone nuclear... I don't think, first of all, nobody is calm. I think that everybody has their own way of showing uh, anxiety, showing fear, showing uh, concern. What we're doing here, talking um, so much about it, does not show that we are concerned. Actually, we showed that concern before they started threatening with nuclear that can affect us. So the real concern should be when we concern about other people without any kind of influence over us so i'm concerned about somebody that's playing that's elsewhere that is called more unconditional of concern you can say even though concern is a terrible word but unconditional concern i think is important the fact that it is in nuclear it's very scary the fact that the um uh, sanctions are working way better than anybody suspected is also a concern because right now putin is in a corner and hopefully somebody in his own inner circle will get rid of him uh, and that way, we don't have to have too many de uh, demonstration of too many people arrested because God knows what they are going through, you know. Um, there are the, what is that? I hope there are deserters. I think there are quite a lot. Uh, can you explain uh, Revesta? What is it? Vesta represents the hearth. It represents... Um, the source of the home. You know, think about Vesta as the goddess. It's a Roman goddess of the hearth. It's the center. It's the heart, you can say, of the uh, home. That is the place that usually people would come together and connect to each other. So the important thing about that is that, you know, it's overall talking about a period that that's when uh, or, or when you have that planet is that home and family is the most important thing for you. And now it's considered to be a very traditional one or traditional uh, 
planet. And it also is associated very much with the connection to the home or the importance of the home. So that's why it's such a powerful thing. And it represents a lot of time uh, the energies of um, a traditional connection to the home. But we'll talk about it next week. So thanks a lot for everybody. I'm, ho- I'm sorry we took a little bit more of your time. And um, um, have an amazing week. And we'll meet somewhere. Some- ah, place. I forgot to uh, put that. I added a new class, by the way, about storytelling. We're going to do it on uh, April 11, just before Passover and before Easter. And it's going to be about how you tell your own story and how you can fix telling your story. And we'll do a lot of fun exercise of finding your mission statement, finding your pitch. So if you were a movie, uh, how would you give one, one, word, one sentence that can describe your movie uh, the best? So we'll do a lot of fun exercise about storytelling. And uh, good luck with everybody. And have an amazing, amazing week. What? I, I, where you would oh, really? Yeah. Why? Where were you think? Just a peaceful, gentle environment. Like, just like walk in, feel the bliss. Oh, thank you. Just a second. Yeah, so you. we're... Um, what is this? Take your um So Yeah. Sorry, I didn't expect anybody.